0: Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition, where we answer a specific question that is relevant to those of you who want to get in and out and get practical advice. So, Paddy, what is this week's question?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. How rude of you, Gary, not to say that to them. Um, of course. Uh, what? You don't even have the six silent letters on it. <laughs> Uh, anyway um yeah so happy christmas all that jazz happy new year I hope you're all
0: christmas.
1: no singing please yeah, hope you're all having a lovely holiday period anyway now let's get on to the actual question because this is a question i got um on instagram because this guy was kind of stressing out about like his his intake and food and all all that kind of stuff he was getting some conflicting messages from the health and fitness industry the the fit fam the health fam whatever the fuck um so he was like oh like is it okay to have some quote-unquote bad food in my diet um if it allows me to stay on track with my calories if it allows me to stay on track with my my macros all that kind of stuff and he was kind of in in between that stage because th- this is something that happens quite a lot actually because you get conflicting Im- uh, ideologies uh, in the fitness industry where people are all like really really oh it's all about healthful food and even though they only eat about six different foods it's not not really mm-hmm. healthful um or you have people that are full-blown like ifym it doesn't matter what your food is as long as you hit your calories and macros and obviously there there is a bit of a fine line in between those two. Th- Two ideologies where you know food intake, the actual food that you eat, the the type of food that you eat, clearly matters, but also the quantity clearly matters. You know, so there is about a qualitative and a quantitative aspect to your nutrition. And people who kind of either or people who dichotomize that and say it's one or the other are kind of missing the boat because it realistically is both, right? And this is why the the information can seem really conflicting because if I'm saying It's clearly both. There should be a quantitative and a qualitative aspect to your intake, right? So you should be eating, quote unquote, high quality foods, you know, and you should be eating the the correct quantity of those foods for your goals. Where does, again, quote unquote, bad food fit into this, right? Because surely you would just say, oh, well, you would only eat the highest quality food while still hitting your, your calories and macros, right? And to an extent, yeah, like that's probably the the best bet, your best bet, most optimal hundred percent, but like realistically we we live in the real world, you know like that's that's not always going to be both the best option for the individual at hand, you know, they might have a a poor relationship with food, you're trying to work on that, they may really enjoy certain types of food, they may have, you know, a life, you know, if I'm saying, oh, you can never eat ice cream. And, you know, you always go eat ice cream on a Sunday with your kids while going for a walk. That's a pretty big, like, part of your life, then that I'm impacting just by your dietary choices. So obviously, all that kind of stuff has to be taken into account, right? But to really get down to the crux of this guy's question. Like, is it okay to have some bad food in your diet if you are staying on track with your or if it's allowing you to stay on track with your calories, your macros, and the vast majority of your diet, again you can arbitrarily say 80% or 90% of your diet it is on point. It's those good quality, clean foods, you know what I'm talking about, fruit, with vegetables meat you know that kind of stuff and real food if you want to call it that whole food you know it grew in the dirt or it lived you know and and the majority of your diet is that kind of food and he's kind of wondering is it okay if I have some some bad food if it allows me to hit my 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 macros and my calories and he was speaking specifically in terms of you know especially post-workout you know he's struggling to get the calories in that he needs his busy job you know relatively stressful day life and, and there's only a, a time period of like half an hour between he, tra- he trains in the morning so there's only a time period about half an hour between when he finishes training and then when he starts work you know and he was struggling to get you know good whole foods in he was like I was trying to prioritize you know like oats and berries and you know maybe whey with that which is a, a, definitely a good approach whatever but you know it's taken him so long to get that prepared and eaten that, you know, he just wasn't finishing it because he had to eat so much volume of it that, you know, it would impact the, the rest of or his ability to actually eat that, right? So he was wondering, is it okay if he had something like, you know, I don't know, cereal, or is it okay if he had some like jellies or stuff like that, that were really fast, quote unquote, fast carbs, you know, simple carbs, uh, bad foods, uh, if it allowed him to Hit his overall targets and to stay on track right and again there's two aspects to this that you can take into account first of all generally he's trained before this right so he's training in the morning he's eating his breakfast because he's training fasted and he's wondering oh should my first meal effectively be you know sweets or candy if you're one of our american listeners and you know you can kind of get into an approach where you're like oh no, no 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 my first meal definitely should not be you know this high glycemic uh Choice, you know, but again, he's trained and the rest of his diet is bang on point and he's doing it in a calorie controlled, macronutrient controlled manner, right? So, what are your thoughts on that, Gary? Is that, is he shooting himself in the foot? Should he just grin and bear it, you know, maybe stop his workout five minutes earlier so he can, you know, choke down the, the oats in the, in the morning before work? Or is it okay if he just eats a little bit of quote unquote bad food if it allows him to stick to his diet? overall in a much easier manner what are your thoughts
0: yeah so i suppose when i think about this i start by thinking about right what what do we what exactly do we mean when we say good and bad food and you know there's there's kind of you know two different thought processes on this and again somewhere in the middle is probably a a good good place to be one is just thinking of foods in terms of good and bad and banning yourself from the bad foods and only eating the good foods and that might be a simple like heuristic for some people because if you're like right I just don't eat those foods then that might lead to health for in some people in in others that's probably not the best approach on the other side of the spectrum many individuals and like we have said this but hopefully adding some context onto it people who just say there are no good and bad foods you know foods do not have moral value and it's like yeah yeah that is true but at the same time there is very clearly some truth to the concept that there are some foods are better to eat more of the time than other foods. They all agree on that without, you know, thinking it's just going to instantly give someone eat an eating disorder, you know? So there's some, some sort of typically talking about foods that are, nutrients. and um, probably add fiber in there. You could potentially add in protein in there, depending on what you're actually talking about within the context of good and bad. But that's typically what we're talking about. It's like a food that fits more so on the bad or eat less often side of the spectrum is going to be one that's really calorie dense and doesn't really offer much in terms of um, actual nutrients. Micronutrients, phytonutrients, could be fiber, could be protein, depending on what you're thinking about. And then on the other spectrum, we've got foods that are much denser in nutrients, much, much denser in the nutrients that you care about and potentially lower in calories. So an example of that would be vegetables, you know, fruits and vegetables. They're typically not very calorie dense, but they're offering a big bang for your buck in terms of micronutrients, phytonutrients, et cetera. Another thing you could think of would be you know, lean meats offering you a big bang for your buck in terms of protein, which might be beneficial for a given individual, along with micronutrition that's coming along with that, and it's gonna be very satiating. So I start to think about foods on that kind of good-bad good, good bad spectrum. Then what we get into is this more specific question of, should I be using foods more, more so towards that quote-unquote bad end of the spectrum, to try and meet my calories. So I guess the premise there that's really important for people to realize is that this is someone who is probably struggling to reach their calories. So if they don't eat calories, they're going to be in a deficit or they're not going to be moving towards their goal. So that's our condition because the advice that we will give now doesn't necessarily apply to someone who is already in, say, a thousand calorie deficit, because when you're in that position, you kind of need to be getting as much bang for your buck from the foods that you're eating because you've got less of an opportunity to get in all of your nutrient needs. So it's a different consideration. But in this case, our baseline assumption is that this person has a good base foundation diet that's taking care of their... Their protein would be saying yes. I would be saying, I think it is a good idea one of the things that can happen to some people when they're totally afraid of doing this is they kind of get like some digestive upset. They're always bloated. They're always full because what they're doing is they're constantly trying to eat more and more and more and more of these really fibrous, really filling foods. And you're left eating, you know, hundred grams of fiber per day, you know, and that might be fine for some people, you know, some people might thrive on that, but for many others, especially if you're making increase you're normally used to, that might be really uncomfortable. So taking that out a little bit of that out, And having a bowl of Cocoa Pops or, I don't know, Cinnamon Crunch, whatever you like after your workout might actually make you feel better in terms of your health and might also take you closer towards your goals without Mm. struggling as much. So I definitely think there's potential for this to be a useful strategy.
1: Yeah, I look at it as well, what you were saying there. Um, If you have more calories to play with overall, then you have more calories to have that are quote unquote fun or bad or whatever you want to call it right? And if you have inherently lower calories, either you are a smaller individual or you are dieting, especially if you're at the the tail end of a diet, when your calories are at their lowest possible, then you have less calories. That means that you have less fun or bad calories to go around, right? So, you know, like 10% of your diet, if we say you're you're ninety percent clean, whole foods, like 10% of your diet on a 1600 calorie diet is like 160 calories. Like, that's, that's not exactly, you know, the most, you're not, you're not able to fit a lot of quote unquote bad food in, into that, you know? And um, so you have to, you have to keep that in mind when you are actually saying like, well, oh, 10% of my diet is quote unquote bad foods. Like it is obviously a percentage of your, your overall calories that you're talking about there. It's not just your perceived, you know, Oh, it's only 10% because you know, nine out of 10 meals are good. It's like if the 10th meal then is like 10,000 calories worth of, you know, crap, um, then I guess not 10% of your diet. But anyway, um you with this whole approach, again, you have to, again, keep in mind that yes, there are good foods. Yes, there are bad foods. If you want to use that terminology, like obviously everything falls within a scale on that. There's going to be better foods for different individuals. Like again, you might have celiac disease. You might have some sort of intolerance, lactose intolerance, that kind of thing. So obviously like food choice is going to be dictated by you as an individual like what your body actually responds to. And everything we say when we're talking, or anyone says, in fact, when they're talking about good or bad foods, like that, it's a generalized thing. And it has to be, you know, made into an individualized thing by you, the individual, you know? So again, like you were saying, earlier you're on there, Gary, like you might find that certain quote unquote bad foods are actually health promoting foods for you as an individual because you know you're focusing on these whole foods there's too much fiber for you in your overall day your your gut is all over the place you feel like crap and then you switch to something that's a a, a bad food and it's a, a lower fiber food and all of a sudden you're like yeah, actually I feel better I don't feel as bloated you know that kind of stuff can happen and also again you have to take into account that you know there's the cereals these days are fortified you know so you might be deficient in i don't know iron or something and it might actually be a great source of iron for you so you can't really just say like that's a bad food because for the population for the individual it may be a good food you know Mm -hmm. so the whole argument is is really wishy-washy and it's not clearly defined in terms of what is good or bad foods and this is, again can be very easily exemplified by the fact that if you ask 10 different people that are you know influencers in the health and fitness sphere you know what are good and bad foods like they might agree on you know 80 percent of that but there's going to be foods that are like oh no no i don't i wouldn't eat that you know people will be like oh i don't eat white rice it's you know it's you know, you're better off going for brown rice, where someone else you might get some, they, they'd say like, oh, white, white rice is a great food, you know? So it's like this, it's not a very clearly defined good food, bad food. And again, it has to be individualized to the individual. But to bring it back to the, the question itself, can you fit bad foods, whatever you want to call them in your diet and stay on and it may, and it allows you to stay on track? Should you do it? yeah, that's perfectly fine by, by me. I literally couldn't care less what foods you choose to eat as long as you hit your calories and macros or, you know, eat allows you to eat a calorie appropriate diet. If you're not fully tracking calories and macros and all that kind of stuff. Um, And as long as it fits into an overall healthful approach to nutrition, you know, I, I really couldn't care less what you actually choose to eat. Now, obviously there's going to be better choices within that for you as an individual. But, you know, I'm presuming the the majority of people listening to this are adults. So they can make adult choices with regards to their food. You know, like I know you see a lot of people on Instagram and stuff and it looks like they never eat a a vegetable, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, they just didn't grow up past being like a six-year-old and they're like, Oh, I don't eat vegetables. Like imagine saying you don't eat vegetables and you're a 30 year old like that i'm sorry like there's there's something up there you need to go back you know re like graduate from childhood because you didn't pass um so like obviously there is a spectrum in terms of food choice but at the end of the day it really doesn't matter because yes there is a a qualitative aspect to nutrition but there's also a quantitative and those two have to interplay together and you as an adult have to make the best choice available to you at a given time, in a given moment. In this case, the individual, yeah, it's probably a great idea to have some food, you know, that's a quote unquote bad food if it allows you to hit your calories overall. again, this guy was trying to gain weight and it allows him to hit his calories overall. And he's not fucking trying to force feed himself, you know, 150 grams of oats before he heads into work in the morning. He's like, okay, cool. I can have some jellies and a protein shake or something, you know, and it's like, boom, there, I got the exact same amount of calories. Yeah, I dropped off on some fiber, some phytonutrients, whatever else, but you look at the rest of his diet and it's like, okay, you're literally eating like chicken, beef, you know, <laughs> fruit and veg, uh, you know, all, all kind of quote unquote good food. So it's like, oh, like, I really don't care that, you know, a small portion of your day is quote unquote bad foods as it because it allows you to then stick to a better diet overall but again the converse of this if this individual was dieting they were you know on low calories would I be happy about it I personally wouldn't care but if it was me doing that I probably wouldn't be effectively wasting those calories on low satiety foods and low nutrient dense Foods, you know, I probably stick to something more filling, more exatiating and more bang for your buck, as Gary was saying earlier on. You know, so again, it, it obviously depends. Again, that comes back to the fact that there is a qualitative and a quantitative aspect to the diet. They they interplay together, as I said earlier on. If you have more calories, you have more of that uh, quantitative. You know, you can get a little bit more fun with the the qualitative. But if you have less of that quantitative. And unfortunately, you have to be a bit more strict with the the qualitative aspect of your diet. Do you have anything else to add to that, Gary? I think that answers the question. And obviously, you know, people who are listening to the podcast, you know, we've talked about this kind of stuff before. You know, hopefully, it this is all just kind of like. Okay, yeah, I'm just nodding my head along with these guys as they talk because, you know, this is good information, but, you know, I've heard it all before. Hopefully at this stage, most people are kind of aware that, yes, there is a quantitative and a qualitative aspect to the diet. There's better choices. There's always better choices, you know, Um, but it, it depends on the individual, the situation at hand, and then effectively you being an adult and navigating your way through the environment as a whole.
0: Yeah. So the the, the only other thing that I would add would be the potential downside, I guess, of not accepting this advice, because like I've seen this in some individuals before where this very issue is their main limiting factor in that they're not able to sustain a calorie surplus as a result of not being willing to go outside of the, the realm of the foods that they consider to be healthful or to be bodybuilding foods or fitness foods or whatever. And as a result, they end up like just stagnating or regressing or, or never really getting to where they want to with their goals. And you have to remember that that is like, could potentially be an unhealthful outcome too. You know, I mean, there's a there's a psychological downside to constantly feeling like you're never making any progress. You know, it d- that obviously depends on who you are and, you know, how much about you care about your goals, but there's something that can potentially affect your health there. You know, similarly, let's say there's a circumstance where someone is, has low muscle mass, or they've got low bone mass, or that they're underweight, and weight gain is actually priority. If they're not willing to accept the eating some of these these foods that might make it easier to get calories in, they could potentially be at risk of, of different diseases in later life, or potentially a poorer quality of life as a result of them being underweight, them having low muscle mass, them being weak, having low low bone mass. So it's not just it's not benign to not accept. This. So you you kind of have to choose. You know what is going to be helpful for you within, within this context, you know? So, so while you don't necessarily want to go totally overfeeding on like just ice cream, probably not the best approach. I think most people would agree on that. You also don't want to be the person that's just only eating, you know, meat, meat and salad because you're afraid to gain any sort of weight ever, you know, if that's something that's potentially important for your health, for your goals, for what you care about. So yeah, that would be. Yeah, and just right. to kind of
1: add to that as well, like obviously again, you can, overtake this information and go oh yeah well I can eat whatever fuck I want and you know you're out there six nights a week banging back burgers and lots of cheese and whatever greasy fatty foods whatever it is and you're just like yeah well I'm still you know hitting my calories but the vast majority the vast majority of your day is like okay yeah I drank a whey protein shake and had a leaf of lettuce because I'm effectively saving all my calories for that huge meal I'm going to have later on you know like obviously again like that's not necessarily a healthful approach you know where you're effectively giving yourself an eating binge eating disorder but you're still hitting your calories bro it's like that that's not what we're saying either again quantitative and qualitative aspect to the diet it shouldn't be that hard. Again, if you have more calories to play with that, you can play with them a little bit more. If you have less, you can play with them a little bit less, you know? And, um, but that doesn't mean that you just ignore one aspect, either the quantitative or the qualitative, you know, like you still have to keep those things in mind. And like Gary was saying, this can go both ways. You can be fully bought in on the the qualitative aspect and just completely ignore the the quantitative. And as a result, Never achieve your goals. And this isn't necessarily even just gaining. Like I've seen people do this as well, where it's like they, they just don't have no clue what a calorie is, what a macro is. They're eating quote unquote good, healthy foods, but they're just eating them in excess. You know, like they're eating whatever meat, potatoes, veg, but they're still eating too many calories. And as a result, their, their goal of fat loss never happens because, excuse me, while they're eating good foods, they're eating too much of them. So again, it's just the interplay at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter what you eat until it matters what you eat. (laughs) And you just have to be an adult with this stuff and look at the quantity and look at the quality and make a decision. Again, as I said earlier on, there's always a better decision. There's always a better choice, you know, like, and this is goes for everyone, even at the the top of the, the health and fitness sphere whatever you want to call it, you know, like you could be making more nutrient-dense choices. You could be like, okay, well, I'm going to switch out my I don't know, white rice for Okinawa fucking sweet potatoes. You know, it's like there's going to be a food that you could switch to get a better micronutrient, better phytonutrient, better whatever profile. You know, like there's always a better choice. That doesn't mean that you have to make that choice. You know, this you are an adult presumably. Um, so you just have to act like an adult and make the best
0: choices available to you within reason. Yeah. And I think like understanding as well that there's there's always an, up, an upper limit to, to nutrient density as well. And the problem is that it's kind of difficult to know where that is. And as a result, some people get totally carried away and they kind of micromanage. Like It's, it's a small proportion of people, but they end up micromanaging their meals based on specific nutrients assuming that like more is better but there comes a point like where you're, you're not being rewarded for you know just constantly eating more and more of, of any given nutrient you know so like you don't have to be like all right um, my liver is covering this and my brazil nuts i gotta get that selenium i'm to get this b6 and you don't have to think about every nutrient and i think that's ever call it selenium again you're it's off selenium. selenium 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 Right, I'll selenium fine. Selenium. But anyway, whatever whatever nutrient is in question, um, you, you don't necessarily need to micromanage all these things if you're eating a diet that is just, you know, diverse. And that's kind of the key message all the time is that diversity is the main thing that you're looking for. That's why we're typically pretty agnostic when it comes to like what diet pattern we follow. It's like, yeah, we eat meat, yeah, we eat vegetables, we eat beans, legumes, like Everything get, get, get them all in. There's different foods have different nutrient profiles, and if you can get some diversity in there, that's fantastic. But you don't need to micromanage it.
1: Yeah, and obviously, again, it comes back to the individual because you know Gary says get some beans, get some legumes, whatever. Like that might not work for you, and that's perfectly fine. That's not an issue. You know, again, like you might be like, right, look, actually, all foods fucking make me feel like shit, and now I'm like, I'm eating a carnivore diet. I fucking don't care. Nobody cares. <laughs> you know, like eat the diet that makes you feel good, healthy, whatever. But just don't preach about it, you know. Like no one really cares what foods you are eating. If you feel healthy, you feel strong. You know, you're you're achieving your goals with them. Like Gary said, we're we're pretty agnostic about your food selection. Like it, again, like if that's if that's your biggest worry in life, like you probably have you know bigger things to deal with than the food selection. You yeah, know, I that's, say it's not important because obviously it is. But otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. But You know, it it shouldn't be something that governs your life. You know, it shouldn't be something that you stay awake at at night. You know, it shouldn't be something that keeps you up. It shouldn't be something that causes you so much stress that you're like, oh, well, you know, if I have the Cocoa Pops, you know, I I won't be getting the fucking, you know, uh, cardiovascular benefits of oats, you know, so I I need to, uh, you know, get that from somewhere else. Like, it really shouldn't keep you up at night. Like, yes, you can definitely make food choices that are better for you, given your, medical history, your history in in general, your goals, whatever. But again, it it shouldn't be something
0: that's so difficult that it's causing you stress. And to close it off, the way I look at it, there's yet to be a diet paradigm, like one of these extreme diets that allows you to eat burritos. Therefore, they're all stupid. You know, whether you're carnivore, low carb, low fat, vegan, all of them stop you from eating burritos. And that just doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to make a a carnivore burrito.
1: It's just like, you know, (laughs) meat
0: meat stuffed in meat,
1: stuffed in more meat, wrapped in tripe. Nice. And then I reckon I went to a hit there. You want guac? No, you got some lymph or bile. Mm, A bile, yeah. Just fucking squeeze it out there. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to wrap it up there. Gary, uh, the next time, I, I think, I, don't know, I actually don't know what date it is. I think the next time people listen to this, it'll either be just before the new year or the new year. No, it's going to be just before the new year. I think it's the 29th or something. Um, but do you have anything to say to the people? Where can they
0: find us? Where are we at? What do we sell? All that jazz. So yeah, folks, as you know, you can sign up to the Triage Method newsletter in the description box below. Now would be a good time to do that because obviously... In a few days. It's now the 26th of December when you're listening to this. Um, it's currently Christmas Eve when we're recording it. Or, like, could but, be listening to it
1: far, far into the future because people do that. Well, then
0: it's irrelevant. People you're send me, my, they, people like tag name. me on Instagram and stuff and they're like listening to this podcast. And I'm like,
1: hey, that's literally two years old. I have no idea what that says.
0: No idea what it <laughs> Could have been stupid. It probably was, <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, if you are listening to this before the new year, I guess do sign up to the newsletter because we'll be sending out some exclusive discounts to the newsletter um, for products going into the new year. So if you're interested in checking out any of our eBooks, program templates, and the group coaching, then that's the place to to find more information about that. Obviously, the newsletter contains a lot more than just that, including recommended resources that we find helpful or that we find interesting. So yeah, get involved. The other thing you could do is join the triage method community. That's our Facebook group. Um, Like-minded individuals like you, like me, like Patrick. And we can have some conversations. You can send in training clips if you'd like. We'd be more than happy to have a look at them. So that's a good place to find us. Of course, you can find us in the general social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Check us out there. Check out me and Patty on Instagram, Skinny Gaz and The Real patty Farrell, although his Instagram image is broken at the moment, I think I don't know what the
1: crack is with that. Sometimes it comes on, sometimes really
0: it's off. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Um, and yeah, check out the YouTube channel. We've posted a good few YouTube videos there. You can also find the podcast there. So you know you're missing out on key Easter eggs if you're not watching the podcast. You know, at the start of this podcast, we were showing some free dairy propaganda and you missed out on it so there you go um of course our services we are taking on new clients as we head into the new year now is a good time to get involved obviously some of you might have some crazy goals for 2020 regardless we can all you know get on the path improve the way we're we're working out, eating, et cetera. So if you need help with that, online coaching is a good option. If you don't need the one-to-one real specific help that's offered through online coaching, the group online coaching is, is a good option as well, much cheaper. And again, you get to, you know, be part of a community of people who have similar goals mm-hmm. to you, send in your training clips, etc. There's male and female options available. And as I alluded to earlier, we do also have the training programs. So we've got plenty of program templates. And our beginner's guidebook in the store. The program templates, I was asked a few questions about them this week on Instagram. So to clarify, we don't just give you like one program, so multiple programs. So there's like eight to ten programs. Um depend and it's based on how many days you have to train. So for example, if you know that four days to train is like the sweet spot for you, but you'd like to have a few different programs that you could play around with, then you could have a whole year's worth of training there, you know, a cycle between an upper, lower and a full body split, adjust the volume a bit, and and you can there's guidance in there on how to on how to match things as well so i think they're a decent option for 10 euros be discounted in a few days so yeah there you go
1: you should also mention that we have merchandise now available even though you don't actually have any
0: we've also got clothing merchandise that you can check out on site if you'd like to support us by wearing a triage t-shirt triage hoodie to the gym we would really appreciate it and you can check them out in the store triage knickers incoming soon they actually, we could easily get them as well, but I don't know. It's a bit weird, like it's creepy. No, I, I would not be about that life.
1: Although I don't know, someone sent you your check-in photo. Imagine they were just like in their triage gear, like just
0: <laughs> like I you have that. to wear your triage gear for your check-ins. <laughs> I respect totally
1: that. This kind of like,
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see.
1: Anyway. uh I hope everyone had an awesome Christmas and I love you guys. XO XO. Gary says it is too easy. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye.